coaches can say, and, and, and for a lot of ways, they say that when you step on the field, a lot of those problems, those outside worries go away. You're able to focus on practice. You're able to focus on the game for a couple hours at a time, and then you can go deal with everything afterwards. But, um, you know, I knew it was time to, to kind of get myself out of the sport when those problems didn't go away when I was on the field. This is Casey Cochran, former UConn football quarterback. You are listening to the Heads and Tails podcast. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports, health, and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Uh, welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. This week I'm interviewing Casey Cochran. He's a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year and holder of the Connecticut High School uh, career records in passing yards and completions. He then went on to play quarterback at the University of Connecticut but chose to retire after suffering his 13th concussion. And I also like how you put it uh, in the Players' Tribune article that it was the Baker's dozen of concussions. That was also pretty uh, witty. Um, so, Casey, you want to start off by talking about uh, when you first started playing football? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, by the way. You know, it's great to be on here and talk sports and everything else. But, um, you know, I, I started playing football when I was seven. But, you know, my dad was um, a high school coach in Connecticut before I was born. So, I, you know, I was born into football. You know, I had a football in my crib. Um, I, instead of going to summer camps, I was, you know, helping my dad out all summer for football. So right, his camps, you know, I yeah. would say, yeah, and I would say, so it, you know, I was around football way before I first started. But my first season putting on the pads, I was seven years old. I was a chubby little kid, so I got stuck on the line for, you know, my first couple years playing. Um, but my first real taste of putting on the pads was when I was seven. I think I was in second grade or so. Yeah. So uh, did you feel like when you were growing up, because your dad was, you know, a, a, a high school coach? You know, did you have like added pressure on you or? Yeah, well, I mean, when you're the son of a coach in any sport and you're around that sport so much, that's kind of the language that you speak with your father or your, your mother, whoever your parent is, that's that coach. Um, you know, that's what you grow up in. That's the kind of culture you grow up inside of. And, you know, when they do it so much, when, you know, my dad was one of the best coaches in Connecticut for a long time. When he puts the time in that he does, a lot of the time that you spend with your your parent is within that sport. Right. So you yeah, know, football's a grind. So yeah, and and the way he did it, he was you know it was twenty four seven. It was three hundred sixty five days a year. When we'd go on vacation, we'd be at the beach in Florida, say, and uh, you know he'd be drawing up plays. So you know that was that was kind of the bond. That was how I I was able to stay in contact with him. It was how. We were able to communicate, um, and to this day, we, like most fathers and sons, you have trouble talk, tra- talking, but it's easy to talk about the game, you know, who, you, right. these, whether it was the national championship last week or, you know, anything. Right. So, it's just, so, it's just so a he common was your language. coach? Did you play for him in high school? I did, yeah. My freshman year, he was, uh, he was the head coach when, uh, when I was at New London, and then the next year and, and on, he wasn't, um, but I was, uh, I was able to play for him for one year. Was it difficult pl- having your your dad as a coach, like with in terms of like playing time and parents, other parents complaining and saying like you don't you shouldn't be in there or playing over older kids? No, I I, I think what happened was, um, 
that wasn't you were too obviously much a of an stud, issue for so us. It didn't, yeah, it didn't yeah, sound like it, it was, was a problem. Well, yeah, I was the backup for Jordan Reed, and he plays for the Redskins now. Um, at the okay. time, he was the starting quarterback. Uh, for the first four games, he was a starter. You know, he was throwing for hundreds of yards a game, rushing for you know crazy yards. So I was just the backup. I was filling in when I could. I'd go in at the end of games, and I would perform at the end of games. I would throw touchdowns. I would kind of move the offense a bit. So you know, I kind of earned that at least backup spot. And then five games into the year, he got hurt, and I took over the reins. So I played. I think, you know, seven or eight games and finished out the season, we won a state championship my freshman year. So, you oh, know, wow, I think a, if, if there were yeah. any questions about performance, they were answered quickly or, you know, I think the biggest struggle with having a parent as a coach is trying to find time to separate the two, especially right. in season. It's it's hard because um, he can't, they especially a parent who doesn't want to seem like they're treating their son or daughter any differently, Um we we really abided by that. I called him coach for most of, I mean, for probably five or six months, um, you know, my freshman year. And then he became dad after you know, after the season was over. So, you know, I think that was the, the biggest split that we had seen. Interesting. So uh, when did you suffer your first concussion? My first concussion when I, was when I was 11 years old. I was uh, sixth grade. At that time, I was still playing offensive defense line. And I um I remember the play vividly. I was I was nose tackle. I the 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 gap opened up, you know, I, I, I broke through the guard in the center and it was me head on head with the running back. So, you know, I tried to lower my body, center of gravity, get a little bit lower than the running back, and we both ended up colliding head to head and we both fell backwards. You know, it was a huge, huge collision, it was a huge pop. Um, you know, it kinda looked like I laid him out, but I also fell backwards too. So, you know, I, I blacked out as soon as we hit. And when I woke up after that, you know, maybe maybe a second or two after, you know, it was, it was nothing like I'd ever experienced. I'd never been, you know, in many fights when I was a kid. I'd never gotten punched in the face or knocked out before. So, you know, coming to after that was, was an eye-opening experience. I was, you know, I was emotional. I had a headache. I... Um, you know, I was sad. I felt embarrassed because at that time in 2005, no one, no one was really talking about that injury. It was, it was equivalent to an ankle injury or something else. But um, yeah, just you getting know, your a ding or get your bell rung. Yeah, I was yeah, the exactly. Same way. So yeah. you know, I was I was really concerned as to why I felt so bad, and it wasn't such a big deal. So you know, I ran off to the sideline. Um, there wasn't really a medical personnel on the field or anything, so I kind of ran up to my dad and. And he said, you know, you probably have a concussion. And, and that that first time uh, he had said that was basically the first time I had heard that word. You know, you, you, you may have heard something about it here and there. Um, but like even if an NFL quarterback got knocked out in the game, they weren't really even using that word too much back then either. So um, that was my first experience. And it was really a, a scary and, um, you know, eye-opening experience for myself. So do you remember like how that concussion was managed? Like, did you sit out games? Did you go to the doctor, or how how was it I didn't, handled? No, I, I I sat out the rest of the game, um, and it, I was able to kind of overcome some of, most of the symptoms pretty quickly. I think the next day we had we didn't have practice or anything. I think we watched the film, and I was feeling better at that point. I still felt like you know I had been knocked out, but um, I remember. The biggest thing that happened was I was watching the film with the team and we watched the play and 
Um, you know, everyone was all excited that I, I had kind of laid out this other guy and, and I didn't like that. I, I remember feeling like, you know, we shouldn't celebrate this because of how bad I felt. And then I, at the, on the other end, I thought, you know, maybe this other kid was feeling the same way. So right. it was a, kind of a double-edged sword. I was trying to, most, most kids get that moment and, and, and earlier on in their football careers when, you know, they really finally get to, to, uh, you know, really show what kind of football player they are. That was, I think that was my moment where I was able to show what kind of tackler or hitter I was. And, you know, it was a great hit, but I didn't like how I had felt after. So, you know, that was the first time in the sport that I really questioned anything about it. Um, that yeah, and that, that's like a, a big topic that I, I always get like fired up about is these like big hits and like what makes someone tough versus not tough, you know? And like like you said, like your your teammates were all excited that you made this big hit, but at the same time you're left feeling like crap, right? So it, it's kind of some deep thoughts that you were having at such a young age and really kind of foreshadows what the conversation is like today when we talk about football. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's that's interesting. So obviously between that concussion and then the one that you suffered against BYU in 2014 with UConn, you had uh, 10 others or so, I think that's my math, or no, 11 others? 11 others um, in between. So like how did you suffer most of those concussions? Like what was like the mechanism of injury for, for well, those? So yeah, so that first one I had was in sixth grade. Um, in seventh grade, I moved to, to play quarterback. I lost some weight and, uh, you know, I'd always had a good arm. So it was just a, a matter of losing weight and getting under the weight limit for, you know, Pop Warner. And then, um, in eighth grade, I suffered two in one week. So, um, it was right around that time also that I started feeling the symptoms of depression. And it's, it's, it's something that now that I know more about my family history, it's something that, you know, is probably genetic for me. Um, you know, part of it's growing up, part of it's hormones, part of it is being 13 years old, which is a scary time for a lot of kids. Um, and then part of it too, for me was that, and suffering two concussions within a week isn't, um, isn't healthy for someone. And it's, and it's, it's a really scary moment. So, you know, it all kind of combined into one where I'm waking up from my second concussion, um, in that week, third total, uh, it was a really worrisome time for myself. It was also at the same time when CTE research came out. And um, at, at the end of that season, I didn't play the rest of the season in eighth grade. And I ended up actually doing a science project on CTE when I was 13 after after I had accumulated my third one. So, um, you know, it was it kind of added to that feeling of me kind of questioning the game, questioning why concussions weren't being talked about at all. And then, you know, the real girth of those numbers, the real, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest time for me with concussions was in high school. And I, I suffered six, um, you know, one in freshman year, one sophomore year, three junior and one senior. So were um, these like all diagnosed or were they like, you got them and you just kind of like played them off? No, I, I, I didn't have a diagnosed concussion in high school. So, you know, most of them were, were right, just knowing hidden. what you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, once you, once you have a couple, you know, you know, what, what your threshold is, what is a concussion? What is a, isn't a concussion? So, um, you know, a lot of it was me hiding it. A lot of it was, you know, some, of some coaches on my coaching staff, um, 
convincing me that I was fine or, um, you know, hiding it or, or in a whole, a whole number of things. So, um, a lot of, a lot of time or, or efforts that could have been used to getting me better in high school went towards hiding, um, you know, what I was feeling, hiding some of the symptoms I had, hiding the, depression and anxiety that I had had throughout that time. So, you know, that was kind of a, a golden opportunity that was missed for me was to, you know, really speak up at that time to, to seek help, to, to try to get better. Um, so, so, you know, high school was high school stuff for a lot of kids. And that, and that really holds true for me is that, you know, I, I was kind of living a double life where I was successful on the field. I was getting recruited to go play in college, but at the same time, I really wasn't feeling too good. Uh, right. mentally, physically, in a lot of ways. So, um, so you know, that before, was, that was before the, we get, yeah, before we get too far uh, into like your college career, I kind of want to, I have some questions just based off of some things that you had mentioned. So yeah, when you were talking about your depression, so like when you say you have, you know, that you're not feeling good, you don't like feel like yourself maybe like, what are those feelings? Like, it's just, is it sadness? Is it like, how could you, like, is there a way to describe it? So yeah, maybe I like think, a listener can be like, you know what, I feel that exact way or something, you know. Yeah, um, and, and, I, and I really do enjoy sharing, you know, what depression is. I have a lot of friends who have it. I have met a lot of people who have it, and it kind of affects everyone differently. But um, for me, the first real deep feelings I had of depression were around eighth grade where, you know, it was kind of an existential problem that really started it where – um, you know, I was thinking about death and, and realizing that one day, um, you know, that I would be passing away. And, and that's, that's really hard for a 13 year old to think, especially after having concussions and having, um, genetics that may predispose you to that. So it started with that. Well, what we know now scientifically is that concussions can, can worsen or, or make depression and anxiety harder to deal with. So, you know, as I accumulated more and more throughout my high school career, those thoughts turned from existential problems to, um, you know, suicidal thoughts and also, um, you know, just, just a deep problem with, with happiness and trying to feel happy and not feeling, um, like you are and, and feeling like you're kind of spinning your, spinning your tires in the mud in a lot of ways. Um, right. and, and a big, a big part for me was that, you know, I was, I was scared of these concussions that I was getting. Um, and I was afraid of going out every week, um, onto the field and realizing that, you know, I may, I may be getting more, I may be, this may be the game where I get knocked out again. This may be a game where, um, I luckily, maybe I, I get through it. So it was, it was a scary time to, to have suicidal thoughts, to have, um, trouble just trying to function, you know, cause when, when you're, when you're really depressed, it's, it's hard to it kind of feels disappointing to tell the people around you that you're not feeling good. So I didn't tell my mom or I didn't tell my family or friends that I wasn't feeling good because I didn't want to let them down. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, you're kind of just putting on a facade for everyone. You're trying to show everyone that, you know, I was trying to show people that, Hey, I am this, this quarterback, right. this Gatorade player of the year that you guys yeah, super successful guy. See. It's it's crazy that, you know, internally the, no one would, you know, see walking past you. They see all your accolades, not, you know, what's going on between your ears. So Yeah, exactly. And and part of it is that um it's good to have these conversations. It's it, I, I like to admit that, 
you know, I've been into those places. I've, I've had hard times. I've had depression because um, we need to break down this barrier that athletes are invincible. Um, there's so many athletes that struggle with mental health. There's so many athletes that struggle with so many different afflictions. Um, and a lot of times it's disappointing to people to see that they have these problems. It's hard for people to believe. Um, but we're all human. We all have genetics that may predispose us to things. Um, life can throw you curveballs and life can, um, kind of tug you in different directions that you weren't expecting. So, um, it's one thing that I really, really want to work at and have tried to, is to really break down the barrier between um, the perception of athletes, their toughness, and, and what, what it's really like to be an athlete. Yeah, I think that that's great. It's something that's a topic that I'm super passionate about, kind of getting that message across too, because you know, I felt that I was invincible and I nearly killed myself because I played with a concussion. So I, I know like the pressures and, and all that stuff. So um, kind of going back to um, how you were afraid to go out on the field every every week you know I go back to that project that you did in eighth grade you know and that was interesting topic for you to choose that like I said like at at a young age like that and I I was thinking when you had mentioned it that that's like a scary thing to think about like you do all this research on it and now you have to go out and play again it's like what were your is that is that like what you were thinking about yeah it was it was along those lines um you know I was 13 I had just had three concussions and now I'm looking at research of of and stories of hockey players and NFL players who've taken their lives and purposely not damaged their head um, so that their coroners and, and people could study their brains. That's a, that's such a terrifying thought and terrifying, um, you know, sight to, to have in your head when, when you don't know if that could be you. Um, So, you know, it was it was it was a really scary thing to to come across, but it was also enlightening to to know that there were other people out there who were 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 researching this problem, that were worried about this problem, and that were people were taking steps to try to figure it out. Um, you know, I I at that moment I had a little bit a little bit of hope that that there was any effort at all to be looked into this problem, because you know up until I saw that. I kind of thought that I was crazy. I thought that I was the only one thinking or feeling this way. Um, after I got that third one, I didn't, I didn't go to school for a week. Um, I felt embarrassed to go see my team. I felt embarrassed to go back to school because it was an injury that no one really talked about. And now yeah. that you know, I've I've traveled around the country. I've talked to so many different people. There are so many people who really have a hard time after traumatic brain injuries. Um, that. One, it, it's it physically removes you from whether it's your team or from work because you have to be alone. You have to make sure that you know you're not trying too hard and and making your symptoms worse. And then it, it removes you kind of mentally as well because um, not everyone gets a brain injury every day. You know, it's kind of a, a um, you know it's, you, most people don't do it every single day so you, a lot, in a lot of ways you're alone um and that and yeah, that can be people scary don't in get itself. it yeah most people like yeah don't ever have one so like they don't they don't they can't relate yeah um all right so then the last thing i want to talk about before we talk about your concussion at uconn was the pressure to play and you know i felt pressured to play with my injury I, like i had really bad headaches from the game the week before but I was so like embarrassed, like you mentioned, to tell my coaches that I had a headache that I didn't want to sit out. You know, like I, 
I remember sitting out of not sitting out of practice, but like I had to leave a game once because I got like bruised ribs, and you know because they weren't broken, it wasn't like good enough. You know, I wasn't like tough enough because I left the game for that. So I had all these little injuries that I nicks and dings that I had in my previous part of my football career that kind of influenced me to like you know what I wasn't tough enough doing this, so like I need to push push the bar. But unfortunately, I chose to do that with my head, and it didn't work out very well for me. So. Can you give like an example of a time when you felt, you know, pressured to play injured and like, was it someone that a teammate said? Was it something that a coach said? Well, yeah, I, my junior year of high school, um, I had three concussions in just about a week and it was, you know, it was my, I was 16. Um, I had just gotten, you know, some offers to, um, you know, play at Yale and Harvard and some other uh, D1 schools, you know, I was getting heavily recruited. My team was undefeated. We're going into our Thanksgiving Day uh, rivalry game and about to head into playoffs, and I get knocked. I got knocked out cold in the game. You know, I came off to the sideline, and I realized that, you know, if, if, I, if I don't go back in this game, we're going to have a hard time losing. I think it was a close game, or we may have been losing at the time. Um, so, you know, right away I had the feeling that I was letting my teammates down and, um, I, I tried to hide the symptoms. I really didn't feel well at all. You know, I had a headache. I really felt, you know, sad and alone and depressed. And, uh, you know, I, I continued to play the, throughout the game. We won the game and then we made it in the playoffs and I, the next day was Thanksgiving and it's, you know, it's my favorite holiday. I love hanging out with my family and eating and everything, but. I didn't want to be around anyone. You know, I remember I ate as quick as possible and and kind of went off into another room and just tried to sleep all day. And and that's really not me. It's not my personality. Um, and, um, you know, it really worried me at the time. The very next game, it was the quarterfinals of our playoffs. And I got to, you know, pretty quickly uh, after the plays, I got hit in the head. And, you know, I remember waking up from the second one and really feeling terrible and, and awful. Um, I didn't know if, you know, I was going to die if I had another one. I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, some have, have irre irreversible symptoms at this point. So, you know, luckily we got through the game. Um, and I remember waking up the next day feeling the worst I had, had felt in my life up to that point and, and forcing my way to get to school. And, and I had a three, nine, six in, in high school. I had a huge GPA and I was a straight A student, but you know, I, I slept in every single class. I wore a hoodie that day. Um, all my teachers could tell that I was off and we were all concerned. And and all I could think about at the time was that I don't know if I'll be able to, to make it through the end of the season. I was I was hoping and praying that I was going to be able to, to get through the last two games without getting hit in the head, in the head again. Um, so at that time, I felt trapped. I didn't feel like I had a way out. I didn't feel like I had the voice or the ability to tell someone that that I was afraid and that, that I wasn't able to going to be able to play the rest of the games. And maybe a, maybe a month ago, I, I went back and, and watched some of those games from that season. Um, you know, we ended up winning the state championship and, and I watch these games now and, and we all look so small and we all look um, just like high school kids. And it's, it's hard for me to, to see the importance in it like like I did at the time. It's hard for me to to see how it all 
um, you know, manifested in all the pain I went through. You know, I, I the the memories I made on the football field in high school and in college are, you know, so, some things I'll never be able to forget. But you know, the pain that I've gone through because of concussions, because of mental illness, you know, far outweigh those memories. So you know, it's it's a really really fine line that that I think we walk as athletes where. You know, we try to push our bodies to the limit. We try to stay tough. We try to show people that we can be invincible. But a lot of times what people are realizing now is that um, it's, it's, physic- it's, it's, it's impossible. It's an impossible way of life when, when you're struggling through. Um, you know, they, they try to, coaches can say, and, and, and for a lot of ways, they say that when you step on the field, a lot of those problems, those outside worries, go away. You're able to focus on practice. You're able to focus on the game for a couple hours at a time, and then you can go deal with everything afterwards. But, um, you know, I knew it was time to, to kind of get myself out of the sport when those problems didn't go away when I was on the field. Um, you know, having depression, having, you know, a lot of symptoms after a concussion, it's, it's like having a monkey on your back. It's like, you know, the elephant in the room that, that never goes away. And a lot of right. people can relate to that, um, whether whether they're athletes or not. Um, you know, depression is is a terrible, terrible thing. I would never wish it on anyone. And um, you know, for a long time, I struggled with it. Yeah, I I can relate to that completely because you're right. Like when you're 17 years old, you think that like football is everything. You think that you know the next game and winning the next game is like it means everything in the world. And if you lose, it's like you know you failed, right? But yeah. You know, I'm 26 now, so I've been out of high school for almost nine years. And I look back on now, I'm like, dude, I was such an idiot. Like, what I thought was, like, important at the time. And I put my, I almost killed myself because of it. Like, because I prioritized football and the team and, you know, not letting people down ahead of my own personal health. And, you know, I was afraid to speak up, too. So... You know, I, I think it's a good message for athletes to learn from from both of our our stories. And um, you don't need to take us through the the last concussion. Um, I'm going to link up the Players Tribune article that you wrote up, and I uh, recommend that everyone listening to this go over to the show notes um, for this episode and uh, give that a read. It's really good, and it's it's funny, it's witty, and but it, it gets the point across. Um, but can you kind of talk about your symptoms after that concussion, and maybe what helped alleviate that? Yeah, um, you know, so I think it was August eighteenth, two thousand fourteen. Was was right around that, and it was it was late August, early September. I I got my last concussion, my thirteenth one. And, Playing BYU. Um, yeah, BYU was around the fourth quarter, and you know the biggest thing is I woke up, I I ran over to the sideline, and um, I knew right then that I had to stop. I knew that I had I had had enough. I knew that. You know, these symptoms were getting worse, and any more would have been too much to deal with. Um, And about a week later after that day, I I announced it to the media. You know, I sat down. We had a press conference, and I kind of announced my retirement. I announced that I had had a problem with concussions, which was never um, publicly known before. Um, So, you know, at the time, I, I put on a brave face. I went out, and I talked to the media, and... And I said that, hey, you know, I've I ha- I've had a great time, and and I want to be healthy like I am now, and and get away. And now that I look back on it, I look at pictures from that day, I look at videos, and there's a lot of pain in my eyes. There's, you know, I look exhausted. I look strained, and 
and it was a, it was a hard day to to get through um and and for about 2 years afterwards i i really struggled i really had a hard time getting back to to feeling some type of normalcy you know my depression was at an all time high my anxiety anxiety was at an all time high uh, I was trying to function and, and finish my undergraduate degree and, and go on to grad school. Um, and and it, it's a hard time in many ways because you're removed from all the guys that you used to hang out with, with your team. Um, you you, you got to kind of figure things out on your own. You're at an age where, you know, whether it's um, money-wise or um, in general, you, you, you got to kind of grow up and, and figure things out. And at the time... You know, I just did not feel like I had the energy, like I had the willpower um, to to function um, on a day to day basis. So, you know, it was it was it was day to day. It was um, really really fighting back a lot of of dark thoughts and unwanted thoughts. And through a lot of time and effort, I I found that physical or um, you know I found a therapist. I found a psychiatrist. I found um, I started playing guitar and I really fell in love with music. And, um, then I, I started my advocacy work. I, my, my, you know, it was, it was kind of like, um, you know, divine intervention where one of, um, one of our state representatives in Connecticut asked me to speak at the state Capitol, share my story on behalf of a youth concussion bill and, you know, speaking in front of people and, and telling people what I was going through and, and how serious concussions were was something that really woke me up and, and kind of ignited a fire inside myself. So, you know, it, it was about two years up till today where, um, you know, I've, I've been really fighting and working hard to, to get my life back. And, and luckily over the past six months or so with a lot of help, I've, I've really, really felt better. I've been able to function. I've been able to, to, to get the confidence that I always had back. I, I was able to get that fire, that that willpower, everything that I felt like I had been missing. Um, you know, I was able to get my body back, you know, where before I'd been working out my whole life. And, you know, if I tried to do a pull up, I'd, I'd throw my back out and, and other things. So physical therapy and, um, you know, it's it's a really scary time to leave a game. And a lot of people that I've met that have retired early or just stopped playing in general, there's a real big loss in your life because of, you know, whether it's the time commitment, whether it's, um, you know, what you're used to and it's a, it's, it's a loss. You lose a big portion of your life. So, um, you know, what I recommend to a lot of people is, is to give yourself time to heal before anything. I really tried to, to, you know, push myself to, to get right into other things, to find things. And, you know, you, you got to give yourself time to heal. You got to give yourself some slack and, and you got to realize that, you know, whether it's a concussion or any other serious injury, you've been through a lot and your body needs time to, to figure things out. For me, the way I describe um, concussions is that you got you to gotta let time for the dust to settle. And I think that was um, the biggest thing for me was I was wondering why I was feeling so so sad or lonely or whatever. But when you have so many concussions like I did and like a lot of other people do, your brain takes a long time to figure out that, hey, you know, it's not going to be hit anymore. It's not going to be uh, traumatized anymore. And and that thought process, that recovery takes a long time. Um, so for me, it was about, you know, cut it, cutting myself some slack about, 
you know, letting my like my body time to heal and um and slowly you can find a new normal and that's and that's really what it is is you may never get back to the point um from before you ever had concussions but you can really find a new normal you can find a place where you're comfortable with life where you're where you're happy and and you're safe and and that's the biggest thing is is we there's a lot a lot of people out there in this country and around the world who who have had traumatic brain injuries in sports um and and there there is help to be given and there's hope to be given as well so you know it's about having conversations like this it's about doing whatever you can whether it's in a small gesture or um in in a lot of effort to to raise awareness and and make change because there's a lot of change that needs to be made yeah i think that's great advice casey especially you know like you said you talked to a therapist and i did the same thing when i was kind of transitioning to a life after football and um also finding a new purpose like you said you've had, you had fun playing the guitar and doing your advocacy work and stuff like that so i think that's that's great advice for for other athletes who might be going through the same thing um before we kind of move on from the concussion stuff um what were your dad's thoughts, you know, when he kind of came out that you were going to retire because of concussions? Because it seemed like you kind of kept them, you know, under the radar and didn't really talk too much about them. So, like, what what did he say when, when, you, when you told him about those? Well, um, you know, the, the whole, you know, move or the whole idea for me growing up was that I was going to play football in college or in, in the NFL, or at least the pursuit of that. So, you know, at the time, um, growing up, when I did have concussions, we, we concealed them. You know, he knew a lot of, a, a lot about the ones that I had had. Um, and you know, a lot of times when I speak or when I tell people about the number of concussions that I had, you know, one of their questions is where were your parents the whole time? Um, he suffered a lot of concussions throughout his career. He played football and, and when he was a kid and high school and college, um, you know, he, he knew a lot about them and because he had had some, because, he was dealing with symptoms himself. A lot of times it was, you know, an understanding that it was something that I was going to have to fight through to play at the next level. Um, You know, on the other hand, my mom, who was someone who, you know, never really played sports, never had a traumatic brain injury or anything else. It was something I really hid from her. Um, And, and I think it hurt her a lot more than my dad to know what I was going through behind, um, you know, behind closed doors that you you know your mom's the in a lot of ways is someone who you you share everything with so that was a really hard thing to um to hide from her for so long but you know I think she really had a peace of mind when when it was time for me to call it quits because she never it was never easy for her to to watch me get hurt on the field right. um my mom so, hated watching me play too so yeah you know I she, think all moms she do. Where, where my dad would be um where my dad would be as close as he could get to the field, watching every single play and 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 feeling that passion of the game, you know she'd be at my at my games and in college and high school and and really hiding and and trying not to watch me get hurt because it really hurt her to see her her kid out there. Um, so you know it's it's it happens a lot. There's there's a there's a big difference in. Um, you know how how parents feel about their kids playing sports. Right. So, you know, it was hard. It was hard for my dad and I afterwards because we really didn't have many other things that we ever talked about. 
it was one of the greatest joys of our relationship for me to play at the collegiate level. So when it was over, you know, there was a lot of pain and guilt on his side, feeling that, you know, he had put me in that situation. And there was a lot of confusion because for, you know, a lot of older generations of, of, of dads, you don't really talk about your emotions. You don't really talk about what you've gone through, your pain. Um, you kind of leave that stuff inside. So, you know, it's been a really long process for us to to really mend our relationship and, and start to talk and talk about what we're going through currently and, and previously. Um, so it's it's a hard, it was a hard process. It still is to to really mend that that kind of uh, gap that we've had since since football's been over. That's yeah. It sounds like you're making some progress though. So, um, so w- what do you miss most about football now? I I I miss um I miss the camaraderie. You know, I my favorite thing were 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 the guys was was the locker room, the atmosphere, the the fun. Um, you know, I was my my favorite moments in 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 college football were were throwing a touchdown and celebrating with the guys. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like um you know, celebrating with your linemen who, who are throwing their bodies in the way to protect you to, to get the ball into the end zone, you know, patting them up, hugging them and, and celebrating with each other. Um, you know, winning, winning at the collegiate level is so hard to do. And we were able to win the last three games of, of my red shirt freshman year. And it, that, that stretch, that, that three weeks were, you know, one of the best moments of my life. You know, we were riding high. We we finished the season at three and nine, but you know, after winning that third game in a row, you would have thought we won the Super Bowl or something. Right. It was, it's cool. um, you know, it was incredible. It was it was incredible to be, you know, in that in the public eye like that. I I I was able to grow a mullet, and and it was able to, you know, it got picked up by Barstool and Deadspin and Yahoo Sports. It just blew up out of nowhere. Yeah, that was um, my favorite part of the Players Tribune article. Yeah. It was so funny. you know, it's it's um. It's it's a crazy crazy thing. It's it, we cherish football so much in this country, and um, you know I was able to really take advantage of that. I I was able to get my school paid for. You know I was able to to be able to get an undergraduate degree and a graduate degree for for free. You know I don't have any debt now. My parents didn't have to pay for school. Um, yeah, it's but, big time. You know that those feelings of of playing, those feelings of the game, and and playing well are are things I'll never forget. You know, those 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 are some of the best moments in my life there. So, what do you credit your athletic success to 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 reaching that high of a level of, you know, football? A lot of it a lot of it was sacrifice on 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 my family's part. Um, you know, I'm not a overtly athletic person. I have a slow metabolism. I can't run fast. I can't jump high. Um, luckily I I had a natural ability. You could freaking ability. sling it though. <laughs> Yeah, I had a natural ability to throw it, and and I was smart on the field. I was a pocket passer, so I was able to dissect defenses. I was able to call protections and change routes and and do those things. But you know, all of that came from hard work. And um, for three years in high school, I moved away from home. I was living with my dad, away from my mom. Um, so that took sacrifice on my mom's part. My dad would have to drive two hours to work every morning. Um, you know, I missed a lot of parties and birthdays and vacations growing up. So, you know, there's a lot of things that um, if you want to work hard, if you want to play at the next level, that you have to sacrifice. And I really did sacrifice a lot of things. So, you know, I attribute most of my success to 
to perseverance and hard work. Because to be a to be a slow quarterback who can't really run run well and um, is from Connecticut, it's hard to get recruited nationally. And and slowly I had to work to that. So a lot a lot of what I attribute to in life is um, you know hard work and and attitude and and your overall outlook on life is the biggest thing. You know you can if you can you can work through a lot of things. You can convince yourself. You can you can push through a lot of, uh, a lot of things in life. And, and I really figured out how to do that in college. And, and when you're, when you're hiding things, when you're hiding things like depression, when you're, um, you know, when you're fighting through concussions, there's, there's something that turns on inside yourself. Um, sometimes it's, it's to the detriment of your, of your, of your well being. you know, to, to hide those concussions, um, to hide your, to, to hide your, overall state of of being when it's bad isn't good but when you fight through those that pain when you fight through um you know the the hard the hardships that you come in life that's where character is built um and you know I've I've really built a lot of character since I've stopped playing um and that's and that's something that not many um not many people are able to to understand or ever realize is is how valuable it is to to really come back to a place where you appreciate life and and you love the the beauty that is life. That's great, man. I mean, that's uh, just hearing that come out of your your mouth. Uh, you know, it's it's comforting to hear that you are, and you. I, I genuinely believe it that that you're in a good place. Um, so you're obviously a smart dude, and you said you had offers from Harvard and Yale. So what 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 made you ultimately end up choosing Connecticut uh, UConn? I I um I didn't want my parents to pay for school, you know. Looking back on it, uh, an Ivy League education is is unlike anything else. Um, but you know, I wanted to play at a high level. I wanted to 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 play for my home state, um, and I really wanted to 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 come out of school with without debt. And um, that was smart. That was, Trust that me. That was you know <laughs> some of the the biggest um, factors in my decision, and you know there's you can't really regret too many things in life you can't really look back and the only thing that you can change is the present but you know the decision to play at UConn and and all the decisions um past that um have really put me in a position where you know I'm I'm really comfortable right now I'm you know I've I've I'm about to finish up college and and pretty soon without debt without you know many other things to worry about so you know there's there's really no regrets on on the decision to go to UConn Great. Um, so what advice do you have for football players, you know, to protect their brains and their bodies? You watch the game now and, and usually every year um, I try to watch as much football as I can. And this year, you know, it was the first year where I really didn't watch as much football as I used to. Um, it's hard to it's hard to watch. You know, I have a lot of friends who still play whether it's the NFL or college um and there on the outside have been major strides that college football and the NFL have taken to try to prevent and and protect players from head trauma but you know it's it's really a facade uh, I watched the national championship you know a week and a half ago two weeks ago and um there were so many head that head hits that um you know you I didn't see a player come off the field whether it was the refs ignoring it, whether it was the people in the booth who were able to stop the game, um, who ignoring it, 
but it also goes to the announcers who, you know, passed off some of those hits as clean hits. Um, what I what I what I need to tell players, what I want to tell players is that, um, you know, this is the most serious injury that you can have. Um, I was I I was afraid to leave the game for a long time. I didn't know what it was like to not play football. I didn't know what it was like to to not be on a team and and to to pursue um, life without sports. But what I've realized now is that there is a lot of life outside of sports. Um, there's a lot to do. There are there are countless opportunities, um, and it's not as scary as as it seems when you're playing. Um, so you know, my advice for players is to um, to to please always put your safety first before anything. You know, as good as those moments felt in sports, as good as it felt to play in college and aspire to play in the NFL, nothing feels better than me being 22 years old right now and, and having a grip on life. I'm in a position where I never thought I would be. There were times, um, you know, when I was 19, 20, even 16, where I didn't think I'd live this long just because of how terrible I felt. So... You know, my advice is to to take safety and, and your health first before anything else because there's there's plenty of opportunities and resources out there that can get you better if you're not feeling well. Um and, and never let yourself get to a point where you're out of control. Um on the other hand, for you know, fans, for parents, um, you know, people who watch games or don't realize that this is an epidemic that's happening um in front of our eyes and um, you know, players aren't going to take themselves out of games. It's just not going to happen. You know, I didn't want to come out of a game when I was playing. Um, what needs to happen is there needs to be a monumental shift in how we operate football. Um, watch, you know, watch the playoffs this this upcoming week. Watch the Super Bowl. Watch anything, and 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 take a mental note as to how many times you see a head to head collision, and then also take a note as to how many times guys come out of games how many times the game stopped to remove a player you know i was watching the pittsburgh steelers um kansas city chiefs game um if i believe it was number 17 the wide receiver for the chiefs seemed like he was knocked out definitely got hit head to head um, when they slowed it down and he was back in you know the next drive uh, that can't happen especially with how many resources the nfl has especially with how much information is out there on, on how detrimental concussions are. Um, that can't stand. And, and, and obviously what we know now, the NFL isn't going to change. They don't want to change. Um, and they've, they've really had the information for the longest time and um, could have done a lot more. So it's, it's really up to everyone else now. It's up to um, you know, us as fans and watchers to, to protect players by, by showing outrage, by, um, you know, going to social media, having the conversations and demanding that these players are taken care of. You know, football is the only professional sport where your money isn't guaranteed. So these guys who, you know, have bills to pay, who have families to take care of, are, are putting their, their life on the line to, to protect their family, to set their future up. They're not going to want to put them, pull themselves out of the game. So, you know, as a society, we need to demand that that players are traded or are, are treated humanely that um this this issue this severe injury that that is suffered you know almost on on a play to play basis in the sport um is is taken care of the right way which right now it isn't 
You know, there's been there there have been steps taken, but there's a mile to go to protect players in football. You know, I I love the sport. You know, I I as much as it hurts to watch, um, you know, I'm I'm still a fan. It's 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 almost impossible not to be when it's your whole life for so long. Um, but there are a lot of people who need help. Bo Jackson just came out this week and and talked about how if he knew what he knew now, he wouldn't have played. Um, what's going to happen over the future is that you know people are going to deny what's going on. People are going to look at Bo Jackson this week and say, you know, you, you you can't say something like that. That you know, you you, you how can you say something like that? How can you go against football? But one by one, we're going to see former players who we love and cherish um, come out and and say how they're feeling, say how bad these concussions truly are. Um, and the sport is going to change drastically. And if we don't take the necessary steps to, to fix it, if we don't take the necessary steps to give help to the people who need it, then it's going to go away a lot quicker than, than we'd ever like to. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely on the same page when it, when it comes to our views on you know, the NFL and what they're doing to make the game safer. It's something that I'm super passionate about. My last podcast episode that I posted last week was about the hit on Jordy Nelson with Leon Hall, how he broke his ribs. Yeah. Because even though it wasn't helmet to helmet, in my eyes, he was still a defensive receiver, and Leon Hall still led with his head. So I started a huge, like, Facebook um, conversation about it. So that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Exactly. Start a conversation about it, and, you know, hopefully people start to notice that, you know, it's not just the head injuries, too, that are, are the issues. And these guys, like... It's you have one body, you have one brain, and you have to live with it for your whole life. So, like, like you said, when you put yourself before the team, like the rest of your team doesn't have to live with your body the rest of your life. Only you do. So exactly. Yeah, yeah remember that. And I'll throw that that Chiefs hit in the show notes for this episode, yeah. um, and the Chiefs Steelers hit, so people can take a look at it and maybe comment on what they think uh, of the hit. I saw that. I I agree with you. It's definitely. I think Chris Nowinski tweeted about it too today. That. Uh, the show that the NFL wasn't following the concussion guidelines because he was back the next play. Um, but all right, did you did you play any other sports growing up, or was it just football? I did. Yeah, I played baseball actually, and that was you know that was I was probably better at baseball than I was at football growing up. Um, but you know, I'm I'm just a huge fan of sports and and what they can do for people um, in general. Were you a pitcher? Uh, I pitched. I I caught third base. You know, third base was my favorite. Okay, um, but I played everywhere. It was it was that was my sport growing up. I I was I played third base too, but I was so bad. Once we got to like the big <laughs> field, I like forgot how to throw apparently. So yeah, after that I was like Chuck Knobloch. I like couldn't I can I couldn't even have a catch anymore. Yeah, exactly. I could always swing it, but I can never. My my throwing was always horrendous. So what does anything like pisses you off when you watch the game now in terms of player safety, or, or is it just what we just talked about? How you know the lack of follow through on some of the, the, the rules? Well, the big, I mean, the biggest thing is that not only did they set the rule in place, but um, you know, they're making it seem like they're, they're taking steps where in a lot of ways they're not. Um, you know, it's in, instead of, you know, coming up with these rules and, and not enforcing them at all, you know, they, they, they have to see what's at hand. They have to see how many former NFL players are struggling how many former NFL players have lost their lives? Um, and it's it's just something that they're trying at every single level to to ignore and um, right. You know, it it really it really does 
doesn't help when a lot of college football and NFL football announcers won't admit to these these hits in the first place because a lot of people watching the games um, can't really see those things. They whether they haven't played, whether they don't have a keen eye to um, the game's just so fast. It happens so quickly um, for right. a lot of people. It's 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 you know it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to follow. Um, so when you have the people who are supposed to you know kind of shed light on what the game's about show people you know what's what um those people really aren't stepping up to the plate in my opinion um, yeah what's wrong I from did, right exactly yeah and and I did I did radio announcing for for a year at UConn and, oh, cool. and whenever I whenever I could I I tried to to shed light when when a concussion was had when there was a head to head hit um you know so there's there's you know that's probably the most infuriating thing is when it's obvious and um you know like don't tell me that 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 that's not a hit cuz it's obvious you know it's it's very obvious right. when it happens um, well the thing that you know, i thought was interesting from this week was with, with that exact hit that you were talking about um in the chief steelers game and i also saw a commercial like in between you know or on a commercial break that the NFL was like advertising the athletic trainers that they have in the booth. I'm like, all right, so yeah. you're advertising that you have this, yet you don't exactly. actually pull yeah. them out and use it in the game. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? You got to be kidding me. I know. Like, Where were those guys? They were, they were probably eating a good buffet upstairs. Yeah, I have a ton of respect for athletic trainers. Like, don't get me wrong, because an athletic trainer saved Absolutely. my life. Um, yeah. But, like, just like what you're saying, like, you say one thing and you do another, so... Yeah, you gotta you gotta back up with what you're saying. Um, just a few toughness questions uh, to to close yeah. out the interview. Um, can you talk about a moment in your career when uh, toughness was glamorized? Yeah, I think it started uh, with my first concussion. You know, um, knocking a guy off his feet um, and and it being applauded by coaches and and my fellow teammates. And at the time, I realized that you know what, um, if this makes me tough, then, you know, I don't, I don't really like it. I don't really right. like that. This is what the definition is because I'm in pain and I'm so, sure the so other guy would, hits in pain. Yeah. So what would your definition of toughness be? It's definitely toughness is perseverance. Toughness is getting up every day and doing the job. Um, that's yours. Um, toughness is standing up for what you believe in. You know, if, if, um, if I were to kept playing, um, if I were to stop playing and not said a word, not said a word about what was going on, you know, under wraps, what's what's not being talked about, then, you know, that's that's easy. That's easy to do. What's tough is, um, you know, standing up for what you believe in and that, and and making a difference. You know, trying to change people's lives, people people who need the help. Um, toughness is admitting your weakness, um, or, or weaknesses. Um, you know, it's, that's a hard thing to do is to admit that, you know, you may not be good at something. You may, you may be struggling with something. Um, and, and what else is tough is, you know, really trying to just enjoy your life and be happy. Cause that's, you know, that's the biggest thing is, if you're not happy every single day, if you're not happy with where you're at in life, then um, you know you're kind of just spin your tires in the mud and, and right. not getting anywhere. Um, 
you know, because this is our only shot. You know, this is all we get. So it, you have to do it the right way. And, um, you know, I think it's a culmination of all those things. Um, you know, so I think toughness and, and the way that it's been talked about for a long time is, is skewed. It's, um, it's, it's outdated. And it's something that we need to continue to talk about. I think there's, you know, my mom's one of the toughest people I know. She's never played football or any other sport in her life. Um, and um, it's because she she's the best mom. She, you know, she's a great, great person. Um, and she gets up every day and, and provides for our family and works hard and, and gets things done. You know, um, the definition of toughness in America right now is probably a middle linebacker for, for some team in the NFL. Exactly, um, yeah. But, and that's that that's what I want to change that definition because you know, when I was playing football and you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like toughness was being the biggest player out there, the, the strongest player out there, the toughest player, playing injured, lifting the heaviest weight, hitting the longest home run. You know, like that's that's what toughness is in in American society and I'm trying to change it to exactly what you just said. So I think that yeah. that's an, that's an awesome definition. So what do you have, you know, planned for the future in terms of your advocacy? I heard you were working on a book and um yeah, so I think right now we're about 2 months away from from really signing a book deal. Um and and that will be great in that you know I will really able to and and the player should be an article I probably wrote 5 to 6 pages and with a book I'll be able to write 270 to 300 pages of of my experiences and and how I feel and and where we should really go. Um, okay. You know, my, my experience with football and with sports is, um, isn't unique. It's not in a vacuum. There's a lot of people who can relate to things I've been through, whether it's, um, you know, playing youth football up to college, um, having mental health issues, having family who have, um, you know, been in, um, been in the army, been, um, um, have been in the service and who, who struggle with that now. So, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be talked about that I've experienced in my life and I'll be able to get onto, onto a page. And, you know, what's great about av- advocacy work and kind of admitting things that you've gone through is that it's, it's, it's like a therapy session. You're able to, to get things out that you weren't, set, you weren't able to say before. It right. feels good to, to, to let it out and then find other people who are also going through the same thing. Or similar yeah, things. Yeah, man, that's part of the reason why I started the podcast was to heal myself, you know. So uh, exactly. I, I hear you on that one, and I'll definitely. So you're saying you're, you're looking to launch the book in about two months? Uh, it will. We'll sign the deal, and then um, you know work will really get into it. I have some of it written already, but you know once once the deal is signed and and we kind oh, of gotcha. figure out who's the publisher, who's um, everything else, then then we right. can really kind of hammer out the details. And then, um, you know, when it comes out, I'm not sure yet, but, you know, I think that there's a documentary possibility in the future. There might be a feature film possibility in the future. And then, yeah, I'd love to help you, um, promote that when the time comes. So definitely keep me in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and then beyond that, it's just traveling as much as I can and speaking to as many different types of people that I can. Um, so, you know, that's, that's really where a lot of my effort is going to go in the next couple of years and uh, in the for- foreseeable future is to, to keep getting better myself and to, to keep talking to um, as many people as I can. You know, like I, I, most of the friends that I have now, although I still have a lot of people that I played football with are um, some people that never played college football ever. 
and what I what I know and what I've experienced is that a lot of people have mental health issues. A lot of people, you know, struggle with life sometimes. Um, there's a lot of people who need help, um, and and it, it feels good to to find other people out there who who have gone through similar experiences. Yeah, and you have a great message, Casey. So that that book and documentary and everything, people are really going to be able to connect with that for sure. I have no doubt. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and then just as we, we close, where can people find you on social media and, and everything like that? I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook. Uh, I don't check them as much as I... Oh, really? I, I, or I'm not... I, I'm not I'm not the hugest fan of social media, but you know, if people want to talk, reason? if people want to, what's that? Any reason? Uh, I I I like to unplug. I, you know, I just if you've uh, if you've dealt with concussions, it's hard. I get migraines a lot. I so it's hard to look at screens. It's hard okay. to, um, and you know, I meditate and I try to unplug a lot. I think that that's probably the biggest thing. Um, uh, over anything is that I I like to unplug. I like to you know get away from electronics and. And things like that, but I love conversations. I love when people reach out. Um, you know, I, I had so many emails after uh, I did the Players Tribune article, and it was so great talking to so many different people and hearing so many different stories. Uh, not not from people just around my area, but around the country and around the world. You know, I've heard I've got messages from people from Thailand and India, and wow, um, you know, it's really an overwhelming experience. So. You know, I, I love I love to hear from people. I love to meet new people, you know, online. And then, you know, it's it's really a cool experience. Is it cool if I put your email address in the show notes for this episode? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the CaseyCochran12 at gmail.com one. Great. Um, any any final remarks or? No, I think I think um, you know the biggest thing is just take 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 it one step at a time. You know, life life is a lot easier when you can kind of simplify it and and handle what you can handle. That's one thing that that took me a long time to realize, but you know, when when you can worry about the things that um that you can physically um take on, then you know, it kind of simplifies a lot of what you can do. Um and and try to try to do something every day that makes you smile and, and makes you happy. Um and that's the biggest thing that, you know, that I realized that's a good equation for a healthy life. Great. What's the one thing a day that you do to make yourself smile or make yourself happy? Uh, man, you gotta laugh. You gotta find something that makes you laugh, whether it's you know telling a joke to a friend or um, and and playing playing music. I recommend everyone pick up an instrument and 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 play. Learn one song and and you'll realize how incredible it feels to play something. Great. Yeah, that's a it's a. I think I always I always joke around that when I'm done with this whole podcast thing or I get bored of it, then I'm gonna try to play the guitar. So yeah, join a band. Follow in your join footsteps. Yeah. Right, cool, cool, man. Thanks for thanks for spending the time on on the podcast. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me, man. It was a great time.